and welcome to the Let's Talk Talent podcast. We're going to be sharing over a series of episodes, tips and techniques, bringing our friends and family to share their stories, their experience of working life today, because together we can create simply irresistible organizations. Happy listening. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Talent's podcast, episode 15. I'm Joe Taylor. I'm really excited because we have one of our family members with us today, the wonderful David Liversage, who is a people and development consultant. He is an associate of uh, Let's Talk Talent, but he also runs his own consultancy. And David and I have known each other, God, David, probably about 10 years. It might be 12, Joe, actually. (laughs) It's making me feel old, my love. Oh, especially on a Thursday after an Easter weekend. (laughs) But I'm really delighted that you're agreeing to talk to us today. And one of our sort of passions at Let's Talk Talent is about kind people are our kind of people. And knowing you for all of that length of time, that is core of who you are. And what I thought we could talk about today is leading with the heart, because we know that leaders and managers have had their work cut out for them. And a lot of the time people are talking about care, empathy, you know, really supporting people. But I don't really understand, and I'd love you to explain what leading with the heart actually means in the environment of work. Could you unblock it a little bit for me and our our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. And thank you for inviting me on today, Joe. Um, Lovely to uh, be with you. Yeah, leading from the heart. It's kind of what gets me out of bed in the morning a little bit, really. I look at the Gallup figures across the world and see active disengagement on average only running at 15%. And that worries me that we've got this big tranche in the middle of a kind of slightly, you know, going through the motions, uh, but they're not really active, engaged and driven. Obviously, that will vary. But I started to kind of launch inquiry into that. What's that about? And obviously, we've had huge changes in the last couple of years. So I think a lot of it comes back down to our humanity. You know, what we've just gone through with the pandemic, We've been forced into a very unusual situation of working from home where our our own lives, our personal lives, if you like, have met our, our work lives. You know, we're in each other's living rooms. We're dealing with, you know, some really challenging circumstances and, and people's mental health has been taking a battering. So I think what we were starting to see is a shift towards more authentic leadership before the pandemic, but it's kind of been fast-tracked now. So for me, having heart is core of what makes us human, right? Absolutely. (laughs) It's showing we care, and it's about connecting on a deeper level. And I've coached so many people over the last few years, from CEO to team member level, and I just see time and time again, when people are really cheesed off, it comes down to not feeling cared about, feeling like people don't matter. So the best way to connect with people is through the hearts. If we decide define heart-centered leadership as having wisdom, courage, and compassion to lead others with authenticity, transparency, humility, and service. But to me, you know, that's really captured in the show we care, not on a cognitive level, but on a deeper level, really. And I've seen lots of examples of that happening well and (laughs) happening badly. So I think it's pertinent to the times we live in. But when you boil it down, and I may be being really glib, so forgive me, Mm. isn't this just about being kind? Well, it it certainly is about being kind. And I know it's a, a value important to Let's Talk Talent and how we go about working with our clients and each other. 
And yes, I mean, a great example of the opposite of that, when we saw the CEO from P&O Ferries and the way that message was delivered, both the, the medium and the message and the tone, was anything but with heart. You know, there was not an ounce of empathy within that. So empathy is massively important. Right. And the big thing with that is it's about deep listening. We need to listen more as leaders. I mean, it's not surprising we don't because we're so frantic sometimes. You know, it's nobody's fault. We live in a very fast-paced digital world. But actually training ourselves to really listen to our team members, to our employees, and listen with empathy and care. Can you teach it, though? Because some would say that inherently you're, you're either empathetic, you're emotionally intelligent, or you're not. And we see, you know, we do a lot of leadership programs. You've done a lot of leadership programs. There's a lot of coaching around that sort of authentic leadership, inclusive leadership. But I'd be really interested to unpick that with you. Can you teach someone to be more kind, you know, leading with the heart? Or actually, if you don't have it, are you sort of flogging a dead horse? It's a really interesting area, actually, Joe, because I think some people are natural empaths. You know, for me, I find it quite easy because it's kind of in my DNA. I'm highly sensitive, so I'm very sort of tuned in. Some people are wired in a different way, but we all have empathy just to different levels. And also what's interesting, I think, in the workplace is about psychological safety, because we've come from this world of kind of a very cognitive based world where, you know, for the last five, 10 years, we've talked about performance, haven't we? You know, we've, we've talked about sort of very left brain sort of, yeah. and really you engaging our, our right brain and the heart, which is where our empathy lies, is becoming increasingly important. And I do think you can coach people <laughs> it kind of coach it out of them I'm not going to come in with a toolbox and go right here's the kindness <laughs> gene that you need you know I think it's about making people feel safe to be able to have the conversations you know and interestingly if you talk about masculine and feminine energy so not male or female or gender but actually, we tend to associate the more female energy with things like empathy. And I'm oversimplifying here, so forgive me. But I was running a, a workshop the other day, and it was all about conscious leadership. And it was all women on the, it was a, it was a voluntary course, so, you know, mixed organisation, it was all women on the course. And we, we had the conversation about why is that? And, you know, of course, there's some great leaders, some, some men with empathy as well. But we've got to create that safety for everybody, really, that where you feel that you can talk about these things, you know, that we don't have to leave our emotions at the door. We've talked for a while, haven't we, about bringing your whole self to work was the buzz phrase, wasn't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it's enabling yourself. You're right about psychological safety, being able to be yourself and bring your whole self to work. But it's easier said than done, isn't it? Uh, let's talk talent. We talk about the heart and the head. Mm -hmm. But we also talk about the hands. Mm -hmm. So I think it's sometimes the logic, emotion, but actually it's about the doing. Yeah. So are there any tips that you would, in your experience or examples of, of people that have, you know, that have the head, that have the heart, but also they're kind of driving that motivation, that energy in terms of, you know, getting people to do something with their hands ultimately? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd like to share with you one client example, if I may. So an organisation I worked with about four or five years ago, I was asked to run an away 
a couple of days for a team that was growing, uh, quite a few new people on board, and it was in kind of facilities management, so in a very operational doing, hands-on approach. And the leader of it, she was fabulous, very, very efficient, very effective as a, as a leader from getting things done perspective. And from talking to her, I also saw kindness within her when, you know, we were talking about briefing. She really did care about the team. But because she was so sort of focused on a lot of the doing, because they had, you know, some company was growing some big things to do with office move, etc. She didn't always come across that way. And I think some of the team were really sort of nervous of her, actually, because she was almost, I'm trying not to sound insulting here, but kind of almost machine-like. She was so good in how she showed up for work. So what I suggested at the beginning of the two days is that we all had, all brought in something that just showed something about our lives. It could be a swimming certificate, it could be a picture of your dog, you know, whatever it was that meant something to you. And she did. And she brought in a photograph of a baby in a cot with a little woolen mobile over the top of it. And she said, you know, this is very important to me. It was the, it was the baby that took me a long while to have. And uh, he was born two weeks before my mother sadly passed. And my mother knitted uh, him this little mobile. So it's a very precious picture because she got to see the baby. As she said that, Joe, she welled up. <laughs> And little tear came down her cheek and the whole energy in the room (laughs) just shifted. So powerful, hugely. I mean, it's giving me goosebumps, kind of you actually explaining. It's just so powerful, isn't it, in terms of someone being so real? Yeah. And that is, as you say, um, leading with the heart. It is. And I reflected that back to her. You know, we had a debate about, you know, because, you know, sometimes you really need your head. Tough decisions need to be made. But then it's the how, you know, if you're making tough decisions about the company, engaging your heart as well. So you might have to make a very mathematical, you know, financial decision, you know, going back to the P&O example. But how you deliver that message, how you engage with your people is just so important. And another very quick example, I saw Arianna Huffington speak. A few years back in San Francisco, um, Wisdom 2.0, which is all about bringing greater wisdom into the workplace. So, you know, for listeners, definitely check them out online because you can get out there. It's brilliant. Anyway, she stood on stage, very fashionable lady. She brought a Prada handbag up. She just stood there and talked to 2,000 people as I'm talking to you now. She said, you know, she found herself back in, I think it was 2009, 10, on her office floor and she'd hit her head so she was bleeding she'd fainted because she'd had a coughing fit because she had pneumonia because she'd been working so hard she got herself into this work uh, addiction almost of being in her head disconnected from her body so much so it was fighting back and it gave her a huge wake-up call wow. and she changed her organization and you know she, she still sits as a, a non-exec uh, wow. chair for the Huffington Post but she now she, you know she set up Thrive which is all about wisdom well-being and wonder which is all heart-based stuff. <laughs> so David one thing that's sort of noodling in my brain is how do you convince CEOs that this is really important that leading with the heart ultimately drives ROI and what I mean by that is when you think about the reason why organizations exist it's not just about the, the you know the the money it's about how they get great people and keep great people. And it's why we exist as a business. But leading with the heart can feel to a CEO fluffy, can't it? Yeah. When actually 
it goes to the psychological safety, the care, the motivation, the energy. So how do you convince CEOs that this is important and something to kind of invest in rather than just a nice to have? Yeah. Well, it goes back to kind of how I started the conversation really about, you know, the whole psycho- psychological safety piece and, you know, what sorts of environments are we creating really? And our people, it's an old saying, but our people are our best asset. And the people expectation has changed a lot, I think, in the last couple of years in terms of wanting more flexibility. You know, we're moving to a hybrid model as well. We're having to build trust at speed. So there's all these things going on. The world has changed, you know, hugely in the last five and then two years, really. You know, if we're not meeting the needs of the people, if we're not creating environments in which they can thrive, and the the opposite of that, burning out, that affects so many things. People go off sick, costs us money. (laughs) People leave, ultimately, because, you know, they've got a manager who's stuck in their head, trying to micromanage them, control them. You know, these things don't initially look like a cost, but it's an enormous cost. You've got cost of recruitment, of retraining, of driving the rest of the team nuts. Well, they've got several people missing because they burnt out. And I'm seeing that, you know, I have tears Three or four times a week, Joe, at the moment, of people just feeling there over, you know, stretch is a good thing, but I think we're squeezing sometimes. And you've said yourself as well about growing your business that you're perfectly happy to slow that growth if it's becoming too much for people because you recognize it's not just about the finances. And actually, it's a false economy just to keep squeezing more, squeezing more and ignoring. Yeah, something breaks, doesn't it? Yeah. Whether it's the psychological contract, whether it's trust. Yeah. And what it feels to me is that leading with the heart is about building trust. It is. Ultimately, you are trusted as a leader and you trust your people. So you don't micromanage, you motivate, you empower. That's what's coming across to me. Does that feel right to you? 100%. So if I can share another little story. So I was working with a large media company with the sales and marketing division, which had its own MD. I was brought in by the head to say, look, I think we've got a problem with motivation and engagement at the moment. I don't know, people seem miserable and performance is down. What are they doing wrong? You know, I want you to come in and do some magic, David. You know, bring your toolkit in, <laughs> bit of jazz hands. Love it. Brought them out. And I said, well, let's find out what the problem is, first of all. So lots of one-on-one depth interviews, some focus groups, extracting themes without finger pointing at the individuals. But it became very, very clear to me that the team felt they weren't trusted and also didn't trust their leader. And what had happened, it was a really tiny thing that had kicked this off about a year previously. Somebody had been seen by the CEO coming back from lunch at quarter to three in the lift. And so the CEO got on to the MD and said, totally unacceptable. And, you know, we should have everybody back in the office by two o'clock. Now, that person could have been working in sales for 25 years. It could have been a five million pound deal with Unilever. But the way the MD responded was to send out an email saying lunch is between one and two. You know, you all need to be back in the office. Wow. Big message. We don't trust you. We're going to treat you like children. Some of these people in their 40s and 50s, you know, you know, whether in your 20s, you know, it's the same principle. All right. If you're going to treat us like that, you're not going to get the best out of us. So they start to feel we're not trusted. So motivation massively dips. 
it affected sales. Here, back to your bottom line, you know, there was seeing a dip in income. And so I coached him, you know, and I said, would you like me to share the feedback? I can dance around and give you the politically correct version. Or would you like me to be really honest? And he was very direct. So I gave him the honest feedback and said, you know, it's the leadership styles <laughs> that are coming through this organization, which is really creating a culture of fear and mistrust. Wow. So trust to me. And I don't know, are you a fan of Brené Brown at all? Yes, absolutely. You know, she's got a great new book out, actually, um, Atlas of the Heart. <laughs> hey. Mapping Meaningful Connection and Language of Human Experience. Now, she's been a champion of trust and vulnerability in leadership for years. She's a researcher by nature, so she's a number cruncher as well. But it was only when she went through her own journey of opening up her heart that she started to realise how important it was. And definitely recommend to your listeners to check her out on TED, buy a book, Dare to Lead or Atlas of the Heart. And let us know what they think. I've got one final question for you um, before I let you go um, (laughs) to get on with your day. What's the one thing you would like our listeners to take away and action? I'd say it's to start the conversation somewhere. (laughs) So to start asking some of these questions, one simple question, how much heart does this organisation have? Is a great question as a really progressive media company who've changed the title of the HR director to chief heart officer. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love that. CHO. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's amazing how job titles are so empowering, but they can also send such a strong message. Totally. You know, amazing. heart at the heart of the organisation. So start by asking that question. Brilliant. David, you've been a superstar as always. Cheers. Leading by example and leading with the heart is who you are. And I've really valued having this conversation with you. And I hope that our listeners have too. As always, um, get in contact and let us know your thoughts. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, Joe. If you like this episode of the podcast, please subscribe, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Go to letstalktalent.co.uk forward slash podcast for a transcript of this episode, along with all the links we discussed today.